RNZ Pacific News, Talafalava, I'm Seal Manutip Amtafei. More than four million US dollars in gold was poured out at the reopened Borgera mine in Papua New Guinea. The mine was shut down in 2020 by the government, which refused to renew its special mining lease. Caleb Fotheringham has more. Inga province landowners, the provincial government and the state will receive a combined equity share of 51%, while the remaining 49% share will go to the developer under the mine's renegotiated agreements. The national newspaper reports a 3% royalty is also included for landowners over the 20-year life of the mine. Prime Minister James Marape, who was on site when gold production resumed, says the first pour was the outcome of all parties working together. Meanwhile, a tribesman in Papua New Guinea's highlands has recounted how mercenaries obtained guns, some of which killed dozens of people in a massacre on February 18. The man, who would like to remain anonymous, says his brother was killed in tribal fighting last year, one of the instances which sparked the latest incident. He says his remote area is developing at a snail's pace because government funding does not reach his community, which leads them to buy guns to protect their village. We go to, go to the border, we get a gun, we come back again. We live on the road for five days. Because if we don't have guns in our community, my village, the other guys, they will just remove us from our village. So that's the reason why we have to keep guns, in order to protect our families, our houses, our assets, food gardens, whatever. Taiwan's ambassador Tu Tuvalu says he has been assured by the new prime minister that the country's ties were rock solid and durable. Andrew Lin says he was invited to a 10-day lunch with all the MPs and the newly elected PM and said he had conversations with and assurances from all of them. Neighbouring Nauru recently severed diplomatic ties with Taiwan in favour of China, feeding rumours Tuvalu could follow. AFP reports during the election campaign, then-Finance Minister Seve Painiu floated the idea of Tuvalu reviewing its Taiwan ties. Solomon Islands caretaker Prime Minister Manasse Songavari has taken a shot at his political rivals on the campaign trail. The Democratic and Democratic Alliance parties plan to scrap policies made by the caretaker government. Koroi Hawkins says more. The parties who formed a pre-election coalition want to reverse a recent pay rise for MPs and give public servants a 15% boost. At a campaign rally in the western province, Manasse Songovare rubbished the promises, calling them unrealistic. He says the country is still recovering from the 2021 riots, which left a hole in the government revenue of just over 38 million US dollars. The joint national and provincial elections have been set down for April 17th. Fiji's woman and children's minister, Linda Tamboya, says women in politics are more susceptible to online harassment than their male counterparts. Tamboya is currently dealing with a sex and drug allegation involving a former cabinet minister, Asiri Randrodro. She says she has even been attacked online by a person living overseas. The world is unfair and being a woman in politics, we face a lot of unfairness and injustices. But I think it also makes us so much more determined to stand up and to be heard. In Aotearoa, New Zealand, a woman whose son was massacred in the Christchurch terror attacks says it's not safe to relax gun laws. 
National Act agreed to rewrite the Arms Act as part of the coalition arrangement. Everything is on the table in the overhaul, including reintroducing military-style weapons used in the March the 15th terror attacks for competitive shooting. Maysoon Salama, whose son was murdered in the 2019 attacks, doesn't believe people don't need high-powered weapons for sport. They still can enjoy you know, their, their hobby, but there is no need probably for these semi-automatic mm-hmm. firearms because they really mean... Uh, war situations, they mean uh, this kind of terrorism acts, you know, so that's what I wanted to add, that it's something that New Zealand was proud of. Firearms Minister Nicole McKee believes the changes can be made safely. A DNA test has revealed a dying man who claimed to be one of Japan's most wanted criminals was telling the truth. Satoshi Karishima made his confession in January, telling police... I want to meet my death with my real name. Officials have now confirmed the 70-year-old was indeed Kirishima, a member of a militant group behind several deadly bombings in the 1970s. Exactly how he remained at large for so long, despite his face adorning posters across Japan, is unclear. Researchers have discovered a small transparent fish that makes a sound as loud as a jackhammer. The Danielle Nella cerebrum is just over a centimetre long. More from the BBC's Matt McGrath. This buzzing, chirping sound is the pulsing chatter of the tiny, transparent Danielle Nella cerebrum, as heard by the human ear. Researchers in Germany were intrigued by the noise coming from the fish tanks in their lab and decided to investigate the source. This is the slowed-down sound, booming out like a heartbeat. The fish uses its muscles to strike its own swim bladder to produce a short, loud, sonic pulse. In the waters close to the fish, it taps out 140 decibels, which is as loud as a gunshot. In sport, the Fiji Amateur Boxing Association says it is awaiting funding to send a five-member squad to an Olympic qualifying tournament in Thailand in May. Association General Secretary Viliame Kasanawanga says they hope to send four men and one female boxer to the qualifier, including 2023 Pacific Games gold medalist Jone Gavule. FBC reports the Fiji Sports Commission allocates government funding to sports federations to assist them in their international commitments. Kasanawanga says they have sent their request to the commission and have also approached possible sponsors to fund the Thailand trip. Athletics Fiji national coach Albert Miller says they hope to field as many athletes as they can at the upcoming Oceania Athletics Championship in Silver in June. Speaking to FBC, Miller says he hopes more athletes will join ahead of the competition. He says athletes are being monitored each week and will be evaluated at three different trials, beginning with the Easter Games. Athletes from Australia and New Zealand will be part of the Oceania meet, which is scheduled for June 1st to 8th at the HFC Bank Stadium in Silver. The Hurricanes are backing the use of smart mouthguards in Super Rugby Pacific and are confident teething issues will be fixed. There was a problem with the delay of data from the mouthguards during Friday's season opener between the Chiefs and Crusaders in Hamilton, which saw players being forced from the field to head injury assessments incorrectly. 
that's led to criticism of the technology from players and coaches. However, Hurricanes assistant coach Tyler Blayendal says the smart mouth guards are about player protection. It's all in the, the name of player safety, player welfare, so the guys are keen to make it work. Uh, there's just a few kinks, I think, that need to be ironed out, as we've probably seen. So, you know, hopefully it just becomes a non-issue. And like I said, it's for a good cause, so everyone's trying to make it work. And that's your latest RNZ Pacific news and sport. For more stories, head to rnzi.com.